Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Interview Dump Truck here on GiantBomb.com. I'm Alex Navarro and I have just returned from Los Angeles, California, where I was surrounded by wrestlers for like three days straight, uh, both for the promotion of uh, WWE 2K14, the uh, first of 2K Sports's WWE games, as well as for SummerSlam, uh, which I will be talking about at much greater length on the uh, next edition of the uh, Power Bombcast here, uh, probably tape in a couple of weeks. Uh, just a couple of quick housekeeping things before I launch into this uh, interview of many, many wrestlers. Uh, this is a new recorder I'm working with, so if there's some audio issues, I apologize. Uh, still learning the quirks of the thing. Uh, and also in this first interview with uh, the rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin, there is another man uh, also asking questions. I was sharing time with a guy from Variety. Uh, I got his permission to include his audio in this, and uh, so that is why you hear another guy there. Otherwise, uh, you will also hear from Mick Foley, as well as the man who main-evented uh, SummerSlam, Daniel Bryan. But first, here's Stone Cold. I didn't work on any of it. Okay. No, I was just watching it as, as we were uh, in the uh, green room, just hanging out. Okay. I, I'm not a technology guy at all, and uh, so I know I'm in a game. Know how it works, and that's about it. Do they scan you at all? To no, you know I haven't uh, been part of the scanning process in years and years and years. I, I, are they even doing that anymore? Is it is it necessary? Yeah, yeah I guess you have to just to make I mean, sure they, the movements are right. I mean, they'll they'll usually have like some of the undercard guys come in and do like mocap sessions and stuff. They'll do your moves and stuff. Yeah. No, so I don't know who was doing my uh, moves or my sessions, but obviously they did a pretty damn good job. Maybe I should get them to wrestle at WrestleMania 30 for me. Well, Food gonna, for thought. That was going to be my next thing. Like, when you see yourself in the ring, I mean, it's digitally, but do you want to go back at all? No, you don't really want to go back. It's fun. I mean, it, it instantly brings back, you know, memories and good times and, and stuff like that. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, these days when I see myself uh, in, in another video game, it's exciting. And, and, and uh, uh, it, it gives me great satisfaction that I could have been a part of something or been an entertainer that was uh, so important that they keep bringing back. That's the thing is that I think of among all the, uh, the the legacy wrestlers of the WWE, it's like you and Shawn Michaels are the only ones that are in like every game at this point. Uh, is it still gratifying to be a part of something like this? Yeah, always because, you know, I was thinking about that. Uh, I was wondering if anybody would, would ask that question because, you know, I'm sitting there on the panel, you know, there's Ric Flair over there, there's me and uh, Mick Foley. But, you know, I've been gone 10, 11 years. And so I was trying to put it into words. I was like, okay, if you had a cow and you had a branding iron and it was in a fire, red hot and then you put that branding iron on that cow and you leave your mark and that mark is there forever it will never be erased that's why they brand cows so if wrestling was a cow i branded it and that mark will never will never go away uh in, in another 10 years another 20 years the mark that i left on the business will always be there so it, it's uh and i don't know if that's a great analogy or not but that's how i kind of put it into my brain uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm very, uh, very happy about what I was able to accomplish and I had a great time doing it and working and traveling around with a bunch of really cool guys. I feel like it's a perfectly Steve Austin analogy, really. I think, I think it suits you very well. Uh, it's the best I could do on short notice, <laughs> but, but it, it works for me. It really does. I was a huge fan of Tough Enough. God I dang, really me too. Me too. When, when that show didn't come back, uh, I was just heartbroken because then I would have started crying. Uh, I was pissed off. It was a great show. The numbers were very good. We had a great time doing it. And, and uh, the chemistry between Book and Trish and uh, Bill and myself, I knew Book for a long time, wrestling a bunch. Trish and I were, were always good friends, but we wouldn't hang around buddies. 
and Bill, I barely knew. But when we brought us all together, and that was totally unscripted. There wasn't one single scripted word in that reality uh, thing. He just told us what we were going to do. We went and did it in the business that we know and love. Had some great contestants come through there, uh, highs and lows with them on a talent on a, on a talent scale from 1 to 10, and uh, worked with the situations at hand. And why they didn't bring it back still baffles me to this day because I love doing that show. It, it, was, it was a great way to be a part of the business that I know and love and not be in the ring taking bumps. And it shows you how the business works too, which was interesting. In the right way, you're, you're not giving away any secrets. You're not. You're not. Uh, it's not David Copperfield. Hey, well, here's how we saw the lady in two, but don't really saw her in half. So you, you, you see, you see the, what it takes to be good, or some of the sacrifices that have to be made, and just some of the mechanical issues as far as timing. And I mean, there's nothing better than uh, you know we see me at Miss USA go out there and try to start taking bumps, and guess what? It hurts a lot. You either love to hit the mat or you hate to hit the mat. There's not a whole lot of in-between. So it was a great show. I don't want to sit here and beat a dead horse. It's dead. It's gone. But I loved it. And I'm have glad they, you did, too. Have they talked to you at all about maybe bringing it onto the new network? No, you know, uh, I used to hear talk back in the day. But, man, I'm, I'm out going and blowing and doing my thing. Uh, you know, if someone ever brought a serious conversation uh, about doing it again, sure. I'm always a businessman ready to listen to an idea. But I'm a guy that is going to sit around and say, man, I hope they decide to do Tough Enough 2, or Tough Enough 8, actually, whatever it was. Uh, no, I'm not that guy. Well, now they kind of moved away from the reality television model. They're kind of, they've, they've turned NXT into their, this developmental system. They've got them on Hulu now. And a lot of people are actually really, really excited about that stuff. What do you, th what do you think about that system? you think that's like a, like a good developmental way to bring people up into the, into the league? Now you're talking about NXT, yeah. the, the guys down there in Orlando, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they're filming that uh, television show because I talked to Jim Ross all the time. And I know he goes down to help produce that. Excuse me, and I was talking to Triple H about it the other day. It's exciting to me. I've heard some of the people that have seen it, they like it more than Monday Night Raw because it doesn't seem so produced. It seems a little, I hate this word, but I'm gonna use it, organic and a little bit more uh, true to what wrestling was. God, I'm killing myself in this thing. I fell in love with wrestling when I was seven or eight years old. It was a smoke fill arena. It was Houston, Texas. It was Houston Coliseum. And you could barely see the second or third row in there. You could see the two combatants in the ring, smoke filled arena. And it was about a championship belt. Back in, it was real. Hey, we know the business ain't real now, but you want to believe it's real. So don't give me all the shenanigans. I don't need to laugh too much. If I can crack a smile every now and then because something's humorous or funny, that's cool. But it's all about uh, a couple of cats, which guys and gals, a single or a tag match, going after championship gold, which actually means something. And, uh, and something that's not too shiny and has so much gloss on it that it feels gritty and dirty and tough like pro wrestling is supposed to be. I know you kind of deflected this question a little bit during the panel. Granted, there was a whole lot going on up there, but uh, you know, I, I would love to know if there was any sort of WrestleMania moment you'd love to see included in something like this game. I totally misunderstood the question. I don't hear very well, well so I, I didn't actually understand the question. Were they talking about matchups within the, within the game? Match yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, with matchups within the game, I mean, it, like it had been interesting to see uh, Hogan and Flair. It had been interesting to see uh, what Flair would have done with, with a guy like the Ultimate Warrior, uh, who I'm a fan of. But the, the difference in work styles, that would have been interesting. You could say Stone Cold and CM Punk. You could say Stone Cold and Brock Lesnar. Uh, there's a bunch of them. There's as many as you can dream of. I didn't mean to d deflect the question up there. I totally misunderstood it and didn't hear it, actually. 
I think he kind of asked it both ways anyway, so yeah. No, my bad, but I wasn't trying to deflect. I didn't understand. Yeah. For what it's worth, I've uh, I've just started picking up listening to your uh, your podcast, and I and I have to say, it, it, it really feels like it's re-energized. You know, like you seem like you're you're really enjoying doing it, and, and you have a lot of energy to it. Are you really are you loving being a, a podcast host now? Man, I appreciate you bringing that up. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I do a podcast called Steve Austin Show. I do two uh, shows a week, Tuesday and Thursday. I film, I tape them randomly. Uh, I really don't know how far out, you know even what or who I'm talking to. They're so on the fly. And we originally were just gonna do one a week to start off with and shooting for kind of that 60 minute mark. You know, people can commute and it's not too long. So you always want to leave people living, living more, wanting more than, you know, saying, hey, that's too much. So anyway, it hit real big. And so we said, okay, we'll do two a week. That's uh, a lot of workload. So uh, with everything else that I've got going on, but I, to, to answer your question, I really enjoy it. And the reason I wanted to get into podcasting was as a creative outlet. When I used to go to Monday Night Raw, and, and don't get me wrong, now we're talking 10, 11 years ago, but it was a creative outlet for me. It was work, but I got a chance to express myself. And once you get off that global platform, uh, and you lose contact with your fan base. That's the reason I started a Twitter account, to maintain contact with my fans. I started the podcast to maintain contact with my fans and to grow new fans. So I'm loving the experience. It, it, it helps, uh, it's basically, you know, help my brain start working again. I hang out by myself all the time. I'm married, but I'm pretty much a loner. So it's not like I sit and talk to people all the time. Having the podcast has exercised my brain. I'm talking to people from the, the wrestling world, the MMA world. I'm talking to David Lee Roth this Wednesday. Uh, I'm talking to Pat O'Brien Tuesday, sportscaster. Uh, I'm talking to all kinds of cool people now. So it, it's an absolute wonderful thing for me. And it's been highly successful so far. And I appreciate everybody's support on that. It sounds like you'll be talking to Ric Flair here real soon, too. I'm talking to Ric Flair, whether it's one hour or six hours or whatever. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll put the beer on ice for later. But I'm talking to Ric Flair. And uh, he's my favorite pro wrestler of all time. And so I had, I had a wonderful career that I'm proud of. But when, like I said, when I look up at the dictionary of pro wrestler, I see the picture of Ric Flair. I'm looking forward to talking with him about his career in ring and just be really, I started doing my research for Flair. I started reading Wikipedia. I started going through more matches. I, I've seen 30 Ric Flair matches in the last day and a half, and I watched his whole career. And, you know, finally I said, you know, I was making up my question list, and I was overthinking it. And uh, we were talking in the green room while ago. And I said, I told myself, you know what? To hell with it. We're just going to talk like we're talking now and let the conversation happen. You always want to do research anytime you're talking to someone and know where they, where they come from. But for this one, it's going to be a real deal between two cats. That about does it for me. Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. So I'm standing here with the hardcore legend himself, Mick Foley. Mick, we just witnessed... What might have been one of the more entertaining panels I've uh, I've ever borne witness to. Uh, how how was it up, uh, to be up there with all those guys and uh, experience well all of that? I think experience is the key word there. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm not sure how many uh, games we sold while we were up there, but uh, I think people generally got the idea that uh, uh, WWE we like to reminisce and we like to hang around and that there's a, a lot of fun. So if that carries over to the video game, that's great. If not, then uh, some people got some nice video clips. The the basic theme of the whole thing was the 30 years of WrestleMania moment. They asked you about what you know what some of your biggest WrestleMania memories were. You were talking a little bit about your match with Edge, which is in the game. Was is that is would you consider that your most iconic moment at the show? 
Yeah, the match with Edge, uh, as a, from a competitor's standpoint, was my most iconic moment. But uh, as I alluded to during the uh, during the uh, the conference up there, uh, I was actually the uh, guest referee for uh, the match between Stone Cold and uh, The Rock at the Philadelphia. Uh, that would have been 19. Oh, sorry about that. Ties out of place. You know what a stickler I am for fashion. Uh, and it was just phenomenal. You know, there's something about WrestleMania, and I think that's going to carry through to this uh, to this game. There's going to be something about this game. When people say, what is it about this game? You just say, something. And people will get that. You've obviously been, you know, in a variety of video games over the years. You know, this is kind of old hat for you. But do you still get, like, that, that feeling? Like, does it still make you happy to see yourself in there represented? It's never old hat because uh, the video game, just from a... Uh, a selfish point of view is uh, the big, uh, the big royalty maker. Um, you know, when I'd been out of WWE for uh, a few years, I got a royalty check, and I was literally stunned by how much larger it was than I was anticipating. Turned out I was on the video game without even realizing it. And so now, I make a conscious effort to find out that if I'm in the video game, I don't actually resort to begging, but I let it be known that I would like to be in the game if at all possible. This isn't even a question, just the last thing. I just want to say for whatever it was worth, I totally thought they were going to forget Ric Flair at that point, too. So it's not just you. you, you were, they, they, they ganged up on you for no reason. Well, I, you know, JR is a perfectionist. And I wasn't trying to make him look bad. I just said, hey, he's human. There's a lot of people on that panel. I thought they were, uh, were going to miss Rick. So I was, and luckily I included Rick. Had he not been included, uh, the uh, press conference would have taken on a different tone. It became something magical. Thank you for your time, man. So I'm standing here with the man who arguably has the most momentum and excitement going into uh, SummerSlam, Daniel Bryan, who will be main eventing tomorrow night. How are you feeling, sir? How's, how's it feel to be here? Uh, I, I feel incredible. I mean, I'm just uh, very relaxed and excited for tomorrow. What was it like to be up on that stage just a, a little bit ago uh, with all those, those names and all that, well, all that that was going on? <laughs> You know what, it was very surreal actually because there you've got uh, Ric Flair, you've got Mick Foley, you've got Paul Heyman, you've got Steve Austin, you've got Rey Mysterio. Uh, one of the, Rey Mysterio was one of the guys that made me think that I actually could be a wrestler. And uh, so it's, it's just surreal because those guys are true legends and just to be up there with them was, was awesome. Now, you know, you've been with the WWE for a few years now and, you know, I've been in a few of the games. You know, what, what, what does it feel like for you to actually you know, be included in stuff like this, you know, to be, to be a part of a, these games? Because I, I don't know if you're much of a gamer or not, but, you know, it, I, I imagine it's pretty exciting to be, you know, to be included in this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, and to see myself in digital format, like, we were just playing it back there and how lifelike it is, and it's, it's almost creepy. It's like they've captured my soul and put it into this video game and like uh but but it, it's really really cool and it's also it's also awesome because they make me look great and so like when i get older and I'm, i have kids i'm not going to show them dvds i'm going to show them this video game and be like yeah this is what your old man used to look like even though i'm going to have like a big old gut or whatever you know so it's pretty cool do you feel like they've captured the beard properly this year like they finally got the beard technology that that needs to, to, to accurately depict daniel bryan here's what's going to drive them crazy is the beard just keeps growing yeah. so by the time the video game comes out the beard's longer but but they did an excellent job and it, it's crazy because it looks 
exactly like my beard looked like at that point uh, a couple months ago. Maybe maybe for next gen, you know, they'll they'll finally get it completely right. But well, yeah, no, I mean it looks it's completely 100% accurate. It's just uh, several months ago. So what they're going to need to do for next year is they're going to need to project right. what it's going to look like in several months. <laughs> and that, and I'm sure they're going to hate me for it. I don't remember if you got to answer or not because of, you know, all the chaos on the stage, but they were asking everyone, you know, what the WrestleMania moments they, they were most excited to see portrayed in the game might be. What, what, what would be your, your, your most exciting moment to possibly play in the game? Uh, I would love to play the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Iron Man match. Uh, that was the first pay-per-view I ever saved up enough money to order. And uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart are two of my favorites, and the match is awesome. And I'd love to be able to play that. And it's interesting because I'd be interested to know if uh, gamers of this generation have the attention span to sit there and play for an hour and go back and forth. So <laughs> I can almost assuredly tell you they do not, unfortunately. But but I would love to see that as well. Yeah, so I'd be the one person playing that match. I'd be like there for an hour like, oh, yeah, this is better than reading. <laughs> I, I hope they do it. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Good luck tomorrow. And thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Cool. Great to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, too.